Welcome, and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84, 11, my last verse, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God, and I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church. And when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in when that ought to be a haven. Welcome back to another episode of My Story Won't Wow You. And our last episode we did on this topic was exactly 10 episodes ago, episode number 142. If you missed that episode, I talked about my story and how I met my wife. And I talked about that, how our relationship began. And uh, what an exciting story to me that is, and I hope you enjoyed that one. Again, that was episode number 142. If you forgot about that episode, maybe you haven't listened to it yet, let me encourage you to listen to that episode. It kind of gives a uh, a setup, it kind of gives a foundation for the episode today and where we're going from here. Today's episode is actually going to be the last of My Story Won't Wow You, and uh, basically caught up to where I am now. And not completely, but a few years back, and uh, but it'll be the last installment of this story. And um, but the whole series has been about some things that I have learned, some mistakes I've made, and uh, just some things that I've learned over my short life. And uh, when we started this, as I said many, many times, I really didn't think anybody would be interested. I mean. I'm a young guy, and uh, you know most people don't want to hear the life story of a of a very young guy. But I've gotten a lot of feedback from people who have enjoyed this story. It has encouraged them to go out and share their testimony with other people. Which, by the way, let me remind you again: your number one soul winning tool, in my opinion, other than the Word of God and you know the gospel, is your testimony. Telling people what God did for you is the most incredible tool you have at your disposal. And so let me encourage you to use your testimony. Simply tell other people what God did for you, what God did in your life. And, you know, by the way, your your children, your coworkers, your friends, your family, your neighbors— Need not, a, need not to hear only the things that God has done in your life on a salvation aspect, but on the things you have learned and things you have went through and sharing your story and your testimony as a teaching opportunity for other people. And so that's kind of what this episode has been, this episode series, this My Story Won't Wow You. And the title came from the idea that, you know, I've never— I, I don't have one of those stories where I grew up in a drunkard's home or I, I slept in the streets or I went to jail or I was in a terrible car wreck and God rescued me. I don't 
Now, those aren't my stories. My stories don't have that wow factor that we often sit under and, and enjoy those stories. My story is when I grew up in a Christian home. This is the way I was raised. I, I haven't strayed from the path per se. I, I've fallen down many times, and there's times where I've tried other trails, but I've always come back to this trail the way I was raised. And so I don't have a lot of those wow factors within my story, but I do have things that God has done in my life and that God has helped me t- through that I believe would be a blessing to you. And so we'll continue that story today. My story won't wow you. Last time, of course, we talked about how I met my wife. This time, we're going to talk about just a little bit before that. Back in 2013, I had gone to a, if you remember, I met my wife in 2014. In 2013, I had surrendered my life to go to Bible college. And I knew God, when I was 10 years old, God called me to preach. I knew that God wanted me to be in full-time ministry. And so typically today, if you want to be in full-time ministry, um, most of the time you need some sort of Bible degree for somebody to take you on staff. And so that was the direction I felt God wanted me to go. I felt like God wanted me to go to Bible college. And so we began praying about exactly what God would want me to do, which college he would want me to go to. And so I began praying about many of these Bible colleges that I am familiar with by name and testimony. I'd never visited any Bible colleges. We were always traveling, but we didn't really go to any of these churches that had big Bible colleges. And so we began praying. My parents began praying. I began praying about where should I go and what should I do. And so I remember in 2013, I surrendered my life to go to the Golden State Baptist College in Santa Clara, California. And the big sign for me was they started in 1996. I was born in 1996. I put the two and two together. Bingo! There we go. That's the college I'm supposed to go to. No, a little bit more in depth than that. It's something that I had prayed about. It's something that God had given me a desire towards. It's something God had given me a peace about. It's something that God had just worked on my heart about. You know, there was, a, there was other colleges that were closer to home than one all the way in California. But that's the one God gave me peace about. I could look anybody in the eye, and I could still look anybody in the eye and say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it was God's will for me to go to the Golden State Baptist College. And so that was in 2013. I began to start. I was heading in the fall semester of 2014, would be my first semester there, and I was excited and a little nervous. My first time leaving home for an extended period of time, and my family was really close. Being on the mission field, we were best friends. Our family was. We were our only friends, per se. And so I was a little nervous in that aspect, but looking forward to being involved in learning things and just having a good time there in the ministry of Golden State Baptist College. And there were a lot of things that went into knowing the will of God. And you say, you know, how did you know? How did you know 100% that it was God's will for you to go to Golden State Baptist College? And we did an entire episode on the topic of how to know the will of God. That was episode number 93, episode 93, how to know the will of God. And um, all those steps that we talked about in that episode were steps that I took in trying to make sure this was the will of God. I had a Bible verse for it. I had a peace about it. I had a desire for it. Um, I counseled about it. And so all those things checked off the box to where I knew this was God's will for me. 
And I had, um, academically, I had scholarships offered to me from uh, colleges in New York and a college out in Texas and a college in Central Florida, a big university. And, um, but, you know, none of those things were the right thing for me. I knew God wanted me to go to Bible college, number one, but then number two, I knew he wanted me at Golden State Baptist College. And so in My Story Won't Wow You, I almost quit, and that was episode number—oh, good question. What episode was that? That was episode number 135 and 136. I talked about some things that happened in my life where I almost quit. I almost did not follow through with the vision to um, be in full-time ministry. And uh, there was uh, some things that I almost didn't go to GSBC, Golden State Baptist College. And uh, so I'm not going to review that today. You can go back and listen to 135 and 136, and uh, those explain that story. But in 2014, I had met my wife. We agreed to continue writing Um, even after I went to college. Of course, she wasn't my wife at that time, but I agreed. You know, I I committed to her that I was only going to write her. I wasn't going to date around. And until God told me different, I would write her alone. And so in August of 2014, I packed my bags. I said goodbye and I loaded the plane with my pastor at the time, Pastor Don Strange, and his wife. And what a great couple they are, great servants of the Lord. And just so excited for how faithfully they have served the Lord together in ministry. What a blessing they are. And if you've had the chance to meet the Stranges, then you know that they are just wonderful servants of God. And a great preacher, great man of God, Dr. Don Strange is. And so, Flew out there with him, and oh, we got out there and stayed in the Biltmore Hotel and ate at Stan's Donuts. If you're ever in that area, I think it's Stan's if I remember correctly, but Stan's Donuts is the place to go. Best donuts ever, and cinnamon rolls are incredible too. And but went there and then got through orientation and got my picture taken and got signed up for classes. Now, I tell you what, I loved college life. I, I love anything about the Bible. I love learning from great men of God. Um, you know, if I could go to a conference yeah, that has men of God preaching, then I try to go to every single one I can if I have the ability to. I love sitting under men of God who are teaching, who are preaching, who are ripping my face off. Um, give it to me. I love it. I enjoy it. And so to be in an environment where every single day I was hearing from not only um, Dr. Jack Treber, a wonderful man of God, one of those men of God who, frankly, um, there's only a few men I've met in my life who you're just in their presence, and it's you just know there's something different about them, that God is with them. You can just sense it. And um, Dr. Jack Treber, for me, was one of those guys. And so to be able to hear from him, I was in his pastoral theology class, and to hear from um, great singer uh, Brother Alvin Martinez in the great Sunday school class that he holds. You know, his Sunday school class is larger than, than many churches in the United States. And to hear from him and then some of the other men on staff, veteran missionary David Sloan and, and uh, some of these other men on staff. And then not only that, but then you had preachers come in and preach like um, Dr. Tim Rule and, and then um, Dr. Uh, Mike Ray were both men that I had as professors, as teachers. And, oh, man, I just loved it. Love being under the spout of godly men. That, to me, was just incredible. And then to have that every single day, that was just Oh, it was mind-blowing. I loved college. I didn't really have to study too much because I just enjoyed what I was learning. I just soaked it all in like a sponge. 
And so I remember uh, Dr. Rule taught, taught the prayer class, and oh man, I learned so much from him. And Dr. Ray taught personal evangelism, and what a man of God he is in that area. And uh, But then we had not only that, but at 11 o'clock every day, we had chapel. We had like church every single day, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday, you know, bus visitation and all that took the majority of the day. But my goodness, we had chapel every single day. I mean, singing and specials and preaching from men of God from all over the United States. It was incredible. I absolutely loved college life. I enjoyed the dorms. I got to know my roommates and and uh, go play basketball and do all those things. And I enjoyed dorm life. I enjoyed the chapel. I enjoyed the classes. I enjoyed being involved in the ministries that the college ran. You know, we had college bus routes and and uh, Luke Flood was my bus captain. And I enjoyed. I got to go out with him. I'd go in his car every single Saturday, and we'd go bus visiting together. And I remember that first time we found a little trailer park and and knocked those doors and got several kids out of that trailer park to get right on the buses. And uh, what an, a wonderful time we had together. And I learned so much about the bus ministry and these different things. And I tell you what, just college was a highlight for me. And I just, you know, my plan was I was going to be there for four years. I was going to major in pastoral theology. And then after that, you know, I'd go to, I'd graduate, and then I'd go be on staff as an assistant pastor or a youth director somewhere for a little while, and then I would eventually be a pastor. That was my plan. That's the way I thought God was leading. And, oh, I just loved college life. I loved being at North Valley Baptist Church. I mean, a large church, one of the large one of the largest churches I've ever been in, and uh, but just a tremendous ministry there. Great men of God, and just preaching and teaching the Word of God. It was exciting. I remember every single week on Saturday night, the uh, guys' dorms were called to go to the gymnasium, and we would set up little tents, little camping tents. I think there was like. I don't know. I don't remember for sure, but I think it was like 30 tents we would set up in that gymnasium. And they were all classrooms. We'd fill them with chairs and there'd be little podiums. And they were all classrooms. And we'd do that every single Saturday night. And it, it was so exciting. I loved college life. I loved being there. I, I loved everything about it. The food was good most of the time. And, uh, but that's the first time in my life I truly ate tons and tons of salad because they had a all you can eat salad bar. The food wasn't always you can, all you can eat. It was only like if it was a rough meal, that's all you can, that wasn't all you can eat because not everybody ate it all. And, uh, but the good meals, you got, you know, one, maybe two portions sometimes, but the salad bar was all you can eat. And so I'd get the biggest salad you've ever seen and eat it up, but it was just great. I, I loved college life. Back home during this time, and you've heard some of this uh, testimony before, but my parents were kind of in the limbo, uh, having come off the mission field, and then not sure what they would do moving forward. They, um, they were still trying to figure out what to do. So I was away at college. They were here back in Florida, and they were praying about if God would have them to plant a church. And so they were praying about that earnestly, praying state by state, trying to figure out what God would have them to do. And finally, they came across High Springs, Florida, and that's where God told them that they should plant a church. So I remember one day after lunch, lunch was at 1 o'clock, I'd finish up my lunch, and typically after lunch I'd call my parents. Well, I remember that particular day, I called my dad, and... um, 
we were talking on the phone, and he told me the decision that the family had made. They felt like it was God's will for them to plant a church in High Springs, Florida. And he told me that news. And I remember he just told me, you know, just be praying for us. And, you know, we finished up our conversation. And as soon as I hit the end button on that phone, I was walking out in the side parking lot near where the buses were parked out back behind the dining hall. And I remember as I was walking out there, around the tree and around the curb, I knew God had just changed the plans. Here I was. I was going to be here all four years. I loved it. I loved college life. I loved being in dorms. I I loved being out there in California. I liked the weather. I liked the area. I just loved college life out there. But I knew. I knew in my heart God had changed my plans. And I knew that God wanted me to go back and to help my parents start that church. And that was a tough decision for me. That's not something that I necessarily, I'll be frank, and maybe some listeners who are part of my church, maybe this will make you sad, but frankly, it's not what I wanted to do. It just wasn't. I I loved college. But I knew that God was changing my plans. So the next day I called up my dad. I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm praying about a decision and uh, I'm going to pray for it. I think I told him two weeks. I said, I'm not going to tell you what it is. Part of the reason I didn't want to tell my father what I was doing is because, um, or what I was praying about, is I didn't want his emotions. As his father, you know, his son coming to work with him, I didn't want any emotions to play into um, him praying about this. So I just told him, I said, I'm not going to tell you what's about yet, but just pray for a couple weeks, and I'm going to be praying, and then I'm going to talk to you about exactly what I'm thinking. And so I prayed for two weeks every morning, and I hadn't gone to breakfast too much. Uh, you know, you couldn't sleep in much if you went to breakfast. And so, but uh, for the next two weeks, I went to breakfast every morning. And before breakfast and after breakfast, I would walk around the parking lot and I'd pray. And I'd talk to God and I'd ask him, you know, God, is this really what you want me to do? Is this really what you want me to do? And so I began praying, and I began talking to the Lord. And after two weeks, God solidified it in my heart. This is what I need to do. And so I called my dad up, and I said, Dad, here's what I think God wants. I think God wants me to come back and to go ahead and um, help you guys start the church. I think part of him was a little in shock. I think he may have got an idea that maybe that's what I was praying about. I'm not sure. But uh, he he said, you know, in his prayers that he would pray about it a little bit more, but he felt like maybe that's what the Lord would have me to do too. But he wanted to be very careful, and I appreciate that about my dad, uh, just being careful in what he said and making sure that it was the will of God and not just a father wanting his son to come work with him. And so I began to, from that point, uh, there's another big part that made the decision difficult. Um, because at Golden State, you have to be, I believe it was at this time, you had to be on campus for a year before you could do any online studies. Well, if I left after the first semester, that means I could not continue my education online through Golden State. I'd have to switch schools. And so that was another big kicker for me. I wasn't sure what to do. And so I prayed about it. I just knew that's what the Lord wanted me to do. And so I counseled with uh, a couple preachers that I really looked up to. I counseled with some men of God, and all of them told me the same thing. They told me, Josh, 
this is not what you need to do. This is not God's will for you to leave college. Give it another semester. And um, I understand, looking back, looking back now from where I'm sitting now, I understand what they were saying. So many young men and young ladies will leave college because they're homesick or because it's harder than they thought it was or because, you know, it's just a, uh, it's difficult. And they just leave college and they'll blame it on an excuse. Well, I feel that God wants me to, you know, go back home and, and be involved in the ministries there. Many times it's just an excuse just because they don't want to do the difficult work. That's many of this. So I understand what those men of God were saying, but at that time it, it kind of hurt a little. Because I could look at you and say, no, 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 this is God's will for my life. I know it is. And it kind of hurt a little, but knowing now, looking back and seeing exactly what they're saying, I understand. I'd probably do the same thing. And uh, so the most difficult meeting for me, though, was I scheduled a meeting with the college president at that time. And he was a man of God that I really looked up to, and um, and I really just oh he was he was like a hero to me almost. And uh, so I scheduled a meeting with him. I walked into his office at the appointed time, and told him I said, you know, uh, I believe that God wants me to go back home and help my parents start the church. And I remember he, he folded his hands and he kind of sat up a little straighter and moved closer to the desk and he looked at me and he said, it sounds like you've already made the decision. You're not really asking for my advice or anything. I said, well, I kind of am, but I'm kind of not. And he said, and I remember what he told me. He said, you know what? I can't tell you what God's will for you is. He said, you have to pray about it. If you honestly feel that that's what God wants you to do, then I cannot stand in the way of that. That was an encouragement to me. That was an encouragement to me. That, you know, if God told me to do it, I can't let anything stand in the way of that. And so I shook his hand, and he put his arm around my shoulders and thanked me for letting him know. He said, you know, most college students wouldn't let him know. They would just leave. And he thanked me for that. I remember I walked out of his office. I walked out in the parking lot. I got on the phone with my dad to let him know it's official. I'm coming home. And I remember I couldn't even finish the phone call. I just started crying. I started weeping because I knew it was official. God had changed the plans. And then that whole difficult decision was coming to fruition. And as excited as I was, I was excited to come back home. I was excited to be back with my family. I was excited to, you know, for this new adventure and starting a church. I'd never done that before. That'd be pretty cool. And um, I was excited, but I was still sad at the official decision being made. And so after the 2014 semester uh, at Golden State, I came back home to help my parents start the great Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church. And that was in March of 2015. We started that church, and God has just done incredible things here at this place. I tell you what, I continue my studies online, uh, online and finished up and got my degree. And... Um, with a different school, obviously, but then it would just learn so much here at the Victory Springs Independent Baptist Church. And just having my hands to the plow and being part of this church from beginning all the way till now has taught me so much about ministry, about caring for people, about being an assistant to the pastor, about um, things that sometimes you don't even learn in Bible college. 
how to deal with someone who's demonically possessed, because we've done that a couple times now, how to go through church discipline, um, how do you deal with a, a broken heart when somebody just, oh, they hurt you? What do you do? Uh, how do you handle that? You know, having hands on the soundboard every single week, you know, specials and organization and graphic design, the self-taught and moving through these things has taught me so much about the ministry aspects of being an assistant to the pastor. And boy, God knew exactly what he was doing when he brought me back. You say, Josh, looking back now, would you have made the same decision? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not only was it God's will for my life, but it has been such an adventure being at this church and at this place, seeing the miracles that God has done and being taught so much by the people. People don't realize this. They think I teach them standing in the pulpit. They're teaching me by being in the pew. And they've allowed me to practice ministry on them. And uh, But they're such a wonderful uh, people and a family spirit here at this place. And God has taught me so much about the ministry. And so that was a difficult decision, but God really blessed, and God knew what he was doing when he led me back home. One of the pros, one of the pros of that decision, and here's something that made the decision almost a little easy for me, was the most beautiful girl in the world was back in Florida. And it would take me from a couple-day drive to go see her to a four-hour drive to see her. And all that was great. And so I got back, and one of the first things I did was drive down to Port Charlotte, four hours south, and go see the lady who would be my future wife, uh, see Tabitha. And boy, what a blessing that was. And uh, so we continued a a still a long-distance relationship, but not as long as before. And so I got a I got a part-time job at an Ace Hardware and I was doing online college was working the church ministries and uh, was balancing a relationship and that was difficult but I started off with a part-time job and then realized I need to be making more money so I got a full-time job and then was promoted to a weekend management position, but they knew I wouldn't work Sundays, so they closed the store down on Sundays and then made me a shop manager for our small engine repair shop, and then from there I became the store manager for the Ace, and I got really blessed. And then in 2017, in January, Tabitha and I were married, and I moved her up here, and she began serving right alongside me here in the ministry, put her hands right beside mine on the plow, and boy, she has been such a helpmeet to me. What a blessing my wife has been. Many people don't see when they're here at this church. Many people don't see all the things that she does. And the greatest of them is she's a helpmate to me. I could not do what I do without my wife serving alongside me. Young men, if you're listening and you're single and you're looking for the right one, you know, allow God to bring the right one to you because you want somebody who will accomplish that number one definition of being a spouse, and that's they'll be your help me. They'll be your help me. And that has been the biggest thing to me is my wife is truly my helpmate. She helps me in more ways than people can count. She directs the nursery here. She's helped me in junior church. She helps run the teen class. I mean, she's the main planner of teen activities. She does so much for me in helping keeping me organized. And so what a blessing she has been. We had our first baby in uh, December of 2017, and that was Liberty. And then our second daughter, Freedom, came along in May of 2019. And then in March of 
trying to make sure I have all the dates correct. In March of 2021, we had a little victory. And then in May of, it should be 2022, we're expecting our fourth little baby. Just found out this past week it's going to be a boy. We've had three girls up to this time, Liberty, Freedom, and Victory. And now it's going to be a little boy. Many have asked the name. What's the name going to be? It's going to be a little patriot and um, excited about the future and what God holds. So that kind of catches you up. My story, some things I learned. You know, in this story, what have I learned? I've learned that even though a a difficult decision may come, if you know it's God's will, pull the trigger, go for it, because God knows exactly what he's doing. I think about it. I went to college in 2014, was married in 2017. That probably would have never happened if I'd stayed at college for all four years. I probably would have been married probably 2018. Um, I would have never had my first little girl in 2017, probably 2018. And you know, God knew exactly what he was doing. So if God tells you something to do, it may be scary, it may be even something you don't want to do necessarily, pull the trigger. God knows exactly what he's doing. And so that kind of concludes my story, Won't Wow You. We do have one more episode in this series, but it's going to have nothing to do with my story. It's going to go along the lines of how you can develop your story. How to develop your story. We'll talk about that in a future episode. My friend, remember this. Keep looking up and keep stirred up for the cause of Christ.